Hello, welcome to this episode of the Harder to Kill podcast. I'm your host, Coach Shannon. For my announcements this week, it's the same as last week and the week before and the week before that, pretty much. Um, Bingo, you still have time. It's only February, I don't know, 3rd or something today. And you have all the way to like the 20th and you can definitely get it done. I have some sweet t-shirts designed. They are of no cost to you by dollar bills. The only cost is that you have to do the work. (laughs) So do some work, get a t-shirt, show off to everybody that you did the bingo. And plus just, you know, maybe have a little bit something extra to do in this horrible winter time scenario that we're all living in currently. Uh, And then also I see that Peyton's put out a save the date for the AM versus PM throwdown, which is coming up um, on March 25th. And then the next thing I guess that's coming up that I should have maybe said first is the open. If you don't know what that is, you can Google it, the CrossFit open. We will be doing the workouts every Friday as our class workout. You don't need to care about it at all though. But if you do care, just know that we will be doing that. I think it starts in two weeks. So those are my announcements. My guest for today is Officer Sam Wheeler. (laughs) Hi. Is that the right like way to address you? Sam or just officer? Officer Officer Sam. (laughs) Yeah. That's what uh, John Haggerty calls me. He calls you. I call him citizen and he calls me officer. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, hi, Sam. How's it going? Oh, that's good. Are you um, awake right now? or Yes. I had to wake up early today because Demi's sleeping, so I had to take the kids to school. Oh, so. okay. So, do your kids not, like, walk to school? Or is it too cold? Did you guys it's, have a two-hour delay? We did not. Um, no, they don't. We didn't change schools for them when we moved. So, that we're still, like, pretty far now away from the school. And Lana okay. goes to middle school, so. Did you move, like, across town? Or, um, like? Like, two miles, yeah, kind of. So, like, that's kind of far in town. In town, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit. I guess I didn't know where you lived before. Like, what area? So, I lived on, like, Fulham. Oh, okay. That, like, hill in the middle. Yeah. And then now I live more, like, closer to Grant School Elementary. Okay. So. so, you have one daughter in middle school. One in elementary. And one in elementary. And then my nephew lives with us, who's in high school. So, but you have to take him too. Yeah. So you have to go to three different schools. Yes. <laughs> Do they have different start times? Yeah. But Lena and Allie can be dropped off at the same spot. And then they just kind of like separate and walk to their schools. Cause they're really cl- They're across the street from each other. Oh, okay. And then Gabe, I have to like drive to the high school. Okay. So I'm like asking you all these questions that sound dumb from everyone who's from Muscatine <laughs> is listening to this. Like we don't have any issue understanding what she means, but to me, I don't even know where half the schools are even at, like, in this town. My kids just get on a bus and go, and then my other kid who's in high school drives to school. And so I only have to take them every once in a while for extenuating circumstances. Same here. (laughs) And this is one of those, like, my mom is on vacation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, like... We work, I work second shift and Demi works third shift. So it's like, we had to figure out who's going to take them what days. Today's my one and only day as he keeps telling me. And I was not happy about it. (laughs) You're like, I still don't want to do it though. (laughs) I really enjoy my sleep. Yeah. I didn't, I got like five hours last night. Yeah. Cause working second shift, um, do you get off at 11 or is it more like you work like it normally takes till 12 or one? Well, or? last night I got off at 11, but you're not like wound down yet. Uh, so yeah. You have to like get into that like routine. And usually I don't get into bed until like one or two. Yeah. You mean you don't just drive home and immediately get in bed? I wish I could. <laughs> usually we work out and I didn't work out last night because I knew I had to get up early. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Normally you like when you say we like, do you meet Nikki or something? Ashley. Oh, Ashley. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know which one. Yep. Um, okay, so your mom lives with you also. Yep. Your mom also comes to Kyle's old folks class. Yes, she does. So sorry if anyone's offended by that. Oh, I always tell her, I'm like, man, you're so old. <laughs> she does. She does. She is funny. I see her every Monday when she's not on a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I get to see her every Monday and I, we always have a little like banter or whatever. She always has, you know, something to complain about, but then she's, she's like still there. You know, she still comes like her three days a week. <laughs> she knows I'll give her crap if she's like at home and I'm like, uh, it's 1040 and class started 10 minutes. Yeah. Ago. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and then she'll come home and she'll be like, 
I was lifting as much as the guys were. Yeah. <laughs> I know she's always proud of herself and she'd be like, I used a 35 pound kettlebell or like whatever, which is good. I, that's awesome. I, I love know. that. Um, does she have any like background of exercising at all or not even a little bit, not even a little bit. So nope. she's just, that's never been a thing she was ever like into. Never. Like they didn't, my dad kind of dabbled with like weights, but he never like went to the gym. He had yeah. his own like setup, like at home. And my yeah. mom was like, never, ever like even interested. showed interest in it until like I moved out. And then she was like, Oh, we got a bow flex. <laughs> You're like, Oh, okay. A bow flex for like hanging clothes on or <laughs> I'm pretty sure it gathered a little bit of dust. Yeah. 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 yeah I didn't yeah. live there at the time. So, um, so <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about your background because you're not from muscatine no i'm from california okay that's what i thought like all your family lives there like you brought your mom from california i don't I know how you got her to do that but that's a long yeah story <laughs> so yeah from california northern california because southern and northern are two different states basically we would not know that here yeah, so you have like true. norcal yep and, and then socal, socal yep. yeah and so i'm from norcal <laughs> and then um went to high school there so everybody thinks that you know especially like from iowa like california is this like warm sunny place but oh, like gosh, no norcal is probably not like that it is not <laughs> okay um, so northern california you have all the seasons it gets cold it does not get as cold as here like right now it's like negative yeah chill. <laughs> it gets down to like 20 tens it does still like it snowed one time when I was in high school oh and I remember because it was like it hasn't snowed here since 1986 yeah and I was like that was the year I was born yeah <laughs> and we were like dead class every class stopped everyone went outside it didn't even make it to the ground before it started like melting oh yeah so it was so it's not a place that snows. Not where I'm from, but it does snow in Northern California. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. So you like grew up there your yep. entire life, like lived. Till I was 18. Yep. In then Northern I shipped out to the military. Yeah. So let's talk about the military thing because I am wondering like, I know that you met Dimitri in the military, but I am wondering like, how did he like bring you to Muscatine? <laughs> okay. So I joined the military, the Navy. And went to boot camp, did all that stuff. I actually ended up in Lemoore, California, which was funny because I was like trying to get out of California. I don't know where that's at, but it's okay. Just south. It's literally like three hours south of where I grew up. Okay. And so I was trying to get away from there and ended up back there anyways. Yeah. And then um, I would not have met Dimitri had I not got diagnosed with cancer and got sent to San Diego. Oh. So I got diagnosed, got sent down to San Diego, ended up at the same, we call them squadrons. Mm -hmm. as he was he showed up a little after I was already there mm -hmm. and so yeah. rest is history the rest is history <laughs> um okay let's go back to well we're not gonna skim over that cancer thing we'll have to talk about that but um when why join the military like what was the draw like to do that so that's actually really funny when did you graduate high school first of 2004 all? okay so I mean that's kind of like that's kind of like a hot time. Right. You yeah. know, it's like right in that like 9-11. Yeah, happening. it really is. Like yeah. Everyone kind of. But 2004, like the war on terror is like still that's like hot and heavy. Like it was going still hot. And yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Um, and that's not what drew me in at all. Oh, OK. So I my parents never stressed the importance of school. Mm -hmm. So I didn't do the homework and I didn't go all the time. And truancy wasn't a thing because they didn't like send your parents letters. Because it's California. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is now. But back then it was like you got a phone call. Your kid wasn't in school. And you're like, you were in school. And you're like, yeah, I was there. Yo, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I didn't really have great grades. I wasn't looking at like prospect of going to college. Mm -hmm. And then my best friend, Joe, who like still makes fun of me to this day is like he we hung out all the time and the one weekend he happened to go away I met with a recruiter and signed my life away. oh no <laughs> and it was like a split it wasn't even like a I thought this through decision it was like hey I saw a way out and yeah. I saw a future for myself and I just took it do so. you normally react that way to things like anymore no oh okay <laughs> Uh, when I was 17 years old and probably all the way up until, um, I, we and Dimitri got serious. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you could be kind of impulsive. Yeah. Yeah. And being impulsive, joining the military seems like that's quite the decision, you it know? It was. Um, yeah. Cause they normally like what they have a hold of you for years. It was, um, yeah. The recruiter literally just called and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I have absolutely nothing. Yeah. 
Want to talk? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Isabel was saying that the recruiters that came into like her high school or whatever, like she was really annoyed with them. Mm-hmm. She thought that they were super pushy. She also thought that she didn't like the shit talking that they do about other branches or not even branches, but just like other options that you could do after high school. Like they shit on going to college. They shit on going to trade school. They shit on like all the other options rather than just like trying to make their option look good. And this might just be like these specific recruiters. And I have no experience because I don't remember recruiters coming in high school and I've definitely never spoken to one. So I have I no clue. I remember them after I had already signed up. Like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, there are recruiters at high school. And like they'd come during lunchtime. And oh, like okay. as soon as like I signed up with the Navy, I was talking to an Air Force recruiter and he was like, oh, you already signed with the Navy. And I was like, yeah, he's like, I can't even talk to you. Oh, and I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> Sorry. Like, so, I haven't actually signed paperwork yet. Yeah. <laughs> and so was the Navy, like, just the first branch of the military that spoke to you? Yep. So, like, <laughs> you could, like, be in the Marines right now instead? Or, like, could have been a Marine instead? Or I could have, yeah. <laughs> My best friend um, all through high school, and he's still really, really close with me, he was um, signed up to go to West Point and do the Army stuff. And Oh. Um, so I knew there were other branches, but I never yeah. actually, like, considered them. It was yeah. always just something that Joe was going to do. Yeah. And then... Um, when we were juniors, he actually ended up with a very rare form of liver cancer and it like got cut off from him. So he was, Oh my gosh. Yeah. How did he survive liver cancer? It I mean, was, cause you're saying you're still to this day, your friend. So I yes, assume he's, he's still alive and actually dead. he's now in the army. So oh. he, he finally made it there, but yeah, he, it was, it was rough there for a little while. Wow. Crazy. Um, yeah. West Point's like a totally different yeah. way to go. Yep. You're not like used I don't know. It's, co- like it's officer college? school. Yeah, yeah. It it's college, but it's officer college, just yeah. like um, for the Navy. Military so, college. Yeah, it's, military college. <laughs> it's learning how to be in the military. <laughs> but for uh, anyone out there, the military is great because like if college is like, oh, how am I going to pay for this? They definitely will get you there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not discounting that it's a good, that it's a bad option or a good right. option. Like I have no skin in the game either way. <laughs> I mean, People all go their own directions, you know, the military was just, it was a thing that was never thought about for me. I don't have any like members of my family. I mean, other than, you know, like my mom's brothers were like in Vietnam, but it was because they were drafted. It wasn't because they like chose the military route or, you know, my dad was drafted, ended up in jail (laughs) with a misdemeanor like conviction so he actually couldn't go which we always joke because we're like well that saved your life and that ended up being like yeah you're here yeah I mean with my uncles my one was actually in college and so Mm -hmm. since he was educated they couldn't draft you I think if you were actually in like in college taking classes but he like quit college or something I don't know the exact story because you know obviously I wasn't born yet or anything like that but um he ended up being able to go into the military and since he could type and he had like Mm -hmm. education he like worked like in the office like typing he was like he was like a secretary basically (laughs) yeah and then my other uncle um he ended up I think purposely joining the air force instead of being drafted like it's one of those things where it's like do I want to choose my path or do I want them to choose it for me sort of a thing? And the Air so, Force is like a great option. So. Yeah. So he ended up, you know, just doing that route or whatever. But like, that's the extent of any sort of like military thing that I even knew about. And I mean, now I just know a lot more people who've like gone that route. And I just know a lot more military people that now it's just like more in the would be like the forefront of my mind. But I still don't like see probably any of my children like taking that route. I don't know. We talk to our kids about it just as like an option, something serious, like Mm because you can you can go the enlisted route. And what's great is a lot of people don't take advantage of it is while you're in, they'll pay for all your schooling. Yeah. Instead of waiting to get out and using your GI Bill. Yeah. You could just like use it that way. But I mean, it's an always an option. My kids are not wanting to take no. right now, but they're still really young too. So yeah, it's, I think for some people, maybe it's just a way to just like have a plan mm-hmm. and have something to go with rather than being sort of aimless. You know, if you, if you don't know what you want to do, maybe it would be a good option yeah. so that you, you can at least be following some sort of path, you know? I just knew it was going to get me out of where I was at. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, um, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but like, why did you hate like where you were at so much? Was it just 
just the area you were in? Is it like family? It's just like. So like my older sister, like she kind of led a path where it was like drugs, parties, like didn't have like a great like leadership. I guess I didn't have like great role models. So like my parents didn't go to college. My dad ended up going to like community college and getting that way. But my mom was like a GED, didn't go to college. Yeah. So there wasn't like a lot of options in my future. And everyone Mm -hmm. I was hanging out with was like party, party, party. Mm -hmm. Or on the other opposite spectrum, I had friends who were going to like, one went to like Brown and one went to Tulane. So yeah. it was like two different like spectrums. For there. sure. So it was um, just, I didn't, I knew if I stayed there, I wasn't going to um, excel at anything. I probably wouldn't have gone to college. I yeah. Would, I would have fallen into that, like work at a, a diner and then try to find like some sort of like job that. Yeah. Maybe like probably would have been in like a, like more of like that party atmosphere. Yeah. And then, by the time, you know, you're sick of doing that when you're like 25 to like 30, when you're that age, now you're, you know, then, yep. uh, then a lot of times those people are like, oh, I want to actually do something with my life. And then and they, they end up, you know, and then I'm living with my parents until I'm 30. And yeah. I'm like, I didn't, I knew that I didn't want that. And yeah. I just saw this. So it was just like, like a good opportunity. Yep. And you just like jumped on jumped it. Jumped on it. <laughs> How long were you in? Six years. So what did you end up doing during your six years and in? Um, I was, I have no clue. (laughs) So it was an aviation ordinance, which is like the person who works with like the weaponry systems on the aircraft. I did, um, my first little bit was at, um, it's called AIMD. It's, uh, basically where we pull everything apart and fix what's wrong with the like torpedo launchers and the missile launchers. Okay. And like that was for F 16s. And so it was in Lemoore for, and then after, um, found out I had cancer, I got moved down to San Diego and I worked on helicopters. Okay, so you, like, did you ever, like, deploy or, like, go overseas? I did not. Okay. I didn't get that option as I was in a deployed, like, it's called sea duty uh-huh. when I was in Lemoore, but with my diagnosis, I got put on shore Yeah. What kind of cancer did you get diagnosed with? Hodgkin's disease lymphoma. Wow. <laughs> Is that something that you, like, get over then? So they say it's one of the best ones to get. Um, So Hodgkin's disease is also like they have Hodgkin's disease. They have non-Hodgkin's disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Like there's the, the bad one is the non-Hodgkin's disease. It's like a blood cancer. Yeah, it is. That's why I can't, I'm like banned from ever donating blood. I mean, no one wants your blood. (laughs) I know. Me either. Don't worry. (laughs) I don't want my own blood. (laughs) So they say there's two cancers in your life that if you're going to get the ones you're going to want to get are as a male testicular cancer because they can just whack those babies right. off it's gone <laughs> and Hodgkin's disease lymphoma because it's technically and I put this in quotation marks curable uh-huh. um for me I was cured and then about six months later it reoccurred mm-hmm. so I got a double <laughs> so what kind of treatments did you have to do for that chemo and radiation and a stem cell transplant damn what uh Okay, so what kind of chemo did you end up getting? Was it like the kind where you lose your hair and throw up? Uh, the first round was not like super. It was intense. I did throw up a lot. It hurt like my body hurt. I lost my hair, but it wasn't a full loss. So I ended up just buzzing it because mm-hmm. you got It really depends on the person. Right. Um, I also had a cancer diagnosis and had to go through chemo and radiation and just being in the ward with like, or, you know, mm-hmm. you see the same people when you're going yeah. in for your treatments. We always sat in the same <laughs> spots and like watched the same show. Yeah. Like- <laughs> you talk to the same people and you would see their reactions mm-hmm. and how they were like different than yours and just like stuff like that. So, so like I never like went through that extreme weight loss cause they put me on a ton of steroids cause I was already pretty small. Mm-hmm. So they put me on and I actually like blew up like my body just like dude steroids are a thing. Yeah. They yeah. made me like just, I went from like 130 to like 180 and it was like it, poof, puffy. It's, <laughs> yeah. I mean my, I've, I don't have experience really with steroids, but, um, my dad is a severe asthmatic. And mm-hmm. so if ever he gets remotely sick and he can't get over it, like he would always have to like go on like steroids. Yep. So he was always on this cycle of like on steroids, off steroids. And whenever yep. he was on them, he would always be like, he would always gain weight. He would always be like always moody. puffy and moody. Yes. Yeah, it was terrible. So that was my first round. Then I did radiation treatments and that was all to my chest. And that was like the worst sunburn feeling you could ever feel. And it was like, not just like I know the on feeling. the top. It was, yeah, <laughs> like deep inside. Yeah. And of course, like it made my throat hurt because it was right in my, my yep. neck and it was just terrible. And then the second. Getting a sunburn on the inside. Yeah, it was. <laughs> 
microwaved at its best. Yes. Uh, and then the second time, my second treatments was actually like I had to be hospitalized when I was doing my chemotherapy. So like I just felt like crap all the time mm-hmm. and just like couldn't even see people. Like there was a point where I was like isolated because I had zero white blood cells and like even the nurses had to like put on the like yeah, gear the to gear. come in and like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was terrible. Then that came with the stem cell. So they wiped me completely, and then they put the stem cell transplant in. Is that like intravenous type of a deal yep. with that? Okay, so that's like a thing where you're just like, you're getting like an infusion like over time yeah, or something so they, like that? Yeah, so what they did was like, um, it was like a kidney dialysis thing where they put my own blood through this like dialysis, and they separated my stem cells out, Got which it. they saved for later. Mm-hmm. And then they put them with somebody else's blood with my blood type, and yeah. then I got like a transfusion at the end. So That it was sounds... Like, all very scientific and weird that they would do any of that stuff. I know, and it was just like crazy because it yeah. just seems so odd to me. But getting a blood transfusion is probably one of the weirdest things you could ever get because you can feel your body trying to like not accept what's coming into you, and it's just very odd. I did not ever have a blood transfusion, but the only thing that I can relate to you on that feeling of <laughs> it's so weird. If, if anyone's ever had like an IV and they've gotten like morphine Mm -hmm. or some sort of like liquid um like pain med to where you can like feel that going up your arm and you can feel it like spreading through your chest I when I was getting some of the like intravenous chemo drugs they're cold yes they're ice cold like you just why (laughs) and that going up your arm and spreading through your chest is the weirdest feeling ever the shoot you with like the um the anti-blood clotter did you get that one the heparin and it just you could taste it and it was Um, just so bad I would get a lot of taste in the back of my mouth it was normally like a metallic Mm -hmm. taste because some of the drugs that I was getting had like that sort of delivery system in it Mm -hmm. and so um for the longest time like after when you go back for your checkups or if you ever have to go back to like that that area for any reason that taste would like immediately get into the back of my mouth. I couldn't even smell rubbing alcohol for (laughs) years without like having flashbacks. Dude, rubbing alcohol still to this day, if I have to go get my blood drawn for some reason, it just makes me just like, Oh my God. Yes. Because when you go back, um, so anytime you have to go in to get chemo treatments or anytime you'd go see your doctor and I'm not kidding you, (laughs) I don't care if it was just there for an office checkup, they had to do a blood draw. Yep. Every single time, every single time you're getting a blood draw. So you got your blood drawn. So many times. And it was always the same. The alcohol. So, well, you'd walk in first and they have the alcohol open all the time because they're just constantly swabbing everybody. That's all it is. It like ingrained into your skin and that's all you could smell. I still can't. I still can't. It still gives me PTSD (laughs) if I smell rubbing alcohol like that. Like I literally hate it. It actually, it's weird because... I've never been a huge fan of needles to begin mm-hmm. with, but it doesn't really hurt to get a blood draw. It's like a little pinch or whatever, but like, um, it like makes me so anxious, which me too. But, and you know, <laughs> you see me, I'm, I have tattoos. I have an entire arm. My leg just yeah. got done. Like my back, like it's a different kind of needle. It is so different. Like I have a huge anxiety when I'm like, I know I'm going to get my blood drawn yeah. and I have to tell them cause like the amount of chemo that I did, like. I actually have very small veins, so it blew out my veins in my arms, mm-hmm. and I have to do, like, a lot of my blood draws through my hands, mm-hmm. and I tell them all the time, and they're like, oh, no, and I'm like, no, I'm telling you, you could try, but you're not going to get it, and yeah. then it never fails. You really have to be just, an advocate for yourself, yep. and not that anybody would be surprised by this, <laughs> but I could be a giant bitch. Oh, well, me too. <laughs> I could literally be like, you're not doing it. Get someone else. I will get in my car, um, and I will drive home. <laughs> so one time I was in the hospital because I got very like my white blood cell count went down really low and I got an infection I actually um they wanted to do an IV in my foot and I was like if you even come near my foot I will find whatever is closest to me and you are going to get hit with it and like at that point like the next thing I grabbed was like there's a bedpan over there and I'm like this is what's gonna happen. I was like, "Do not this is my weapon <laughs> come near my foot with that needle." As soon as you bend down to look at my foot, I'm gonna whack you. Up oh, it's head. gonna happen. I'm like, I don't even. I didn't even care. I was like, I all I knew was I did not want a needle in my foot. Yeah, I just after so many experiences with it, you just start being like, "Nope, nope, not gonna be right. your victim today." So, and in the military, the hospitals are training hospitals, so they have mm. all these like 
towards getting someone who it's their first time. And I was like the first few times I'm like, okay. And then like, as I progressed through my years, like two years of chemo and everything. And I was like, if you haven't ever touched a body before, (laughs) this is not going to be the first one. So you could just kindly walk out and bring the person who knows what they're doing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, It's just like too, when you go to your like chemo ward, you have your like nurses who Mm -hmm. hurt you the least and you're always like, can I get can I get so-and-so? I'm, I'm going to wait on her. And I'm just they wait. were actually at, so I did all my treatment at the University of Iowa and the nurses there are super good about that. They completely understand that there's, they have different styles mm-hmm. and that people are suffering. And so they were never did like, you have a port. No, oh. I had to get it put in every single time. Oh. So, so I, I had a port a So I had like that, like, you had to, like maintain and, that thing, which ended up like, it, Always a messing up for well, sure. And that's what ended up causing my infection. <laughs> and, and, and like, of course. I had like, I was in the ICU yeah. and like, it was like, they couldn't figure out what yeah. it was. And then when they finally did, like the, I've had kids and this hurt worse than having kids. It was like when it got infected and they figured out what it was, they were like, we don't really have time for the numbing to set in. So they just like scalpeled me open. Ugh. And I was like, yeah, it was terrible. So lots of PTSD, like yeah. lots of PTSD. Like, I'm always constantly like, I know what I want from the hospital and I will not take less now. <laughs> oh, I, I literally know what you mean. I So I did all of my chemo and radiation first. And I think it's just because like, you know, I was young. They wanted to see, um, they didn't want to like do surgery to like extract mm-hmm. the tumor. They want to like see if they can shrink things and they want it. So it's like, I did all of this first. So I had you know, starting out, like no real experience, didn't know what to expect. I don't think that they're very good at giving you like real life, like tips and tricks to like do better. They just throw you out there and they're just like, Oh, show up at this time. So you show up at this time, but you don't know that like, okay, if I ate a good breakfast or if I drink a lot of water or there's like things where like I found just from my own experience that like, Oh, would have been nice if someone had told me don't just have orange juice. Or if I didn't, if I had a big breakfast that morning, I knew like it was not going to feel good later. Or maybe it wasn't a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying like they gave you nothing (laughs) Nothing, to go on. Nothing at all. Just, Hey, your appointments at 10 o'clock be here at nine 45. Yeah. Wear something comfortable. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so like, well, and they do tell you like, Oh, you're going to like be here all day. So you have like those expectations, but like Mm -hmm. I had no expectations of how to like manage my symptoms or like how I was going to feel. Or when you leave here, you're going to feel like you're getting a giant sunburn. You might want (laughs) to wear some sunglasses. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you're going to get sun nauseous. They don't tell you this sort of stuff. It's so wild because of the amount of people that like go through this, you know, it just, it just seems like I, that was one piece that was missing of like the treatment of like, it would have been nice if they had someone to give you some of those things. Like, uh, so normally what happened with mine was I got four treatments of the kind that like make you sick and Mm -hmm. like lose your hair and you're normally get progressively worse. Mm -hmm. Like with each one for me, my second one was the absolute worst because I did not know like the value of like being hydrated. And so like that morning, I think I was just tired. I ended up like only getting my breakfast breakfast, like when I was at the hospital, like to get Mm -hmm. this. So I'd had like a muffin and orange juice and I was so, it made, it just dehydrated me so much to the point that I was the sickest on that one. And then I remember my doctor being like, you like I did better on the subsequent, I mean, better as in like than that one. I did get worse from like my first time, but like, you but it's as, so much better just yep. like knowing like, oh, I need to drink water before I go to this place. You know, I didn't even know what water was when I was going through. And, and then like, yeah, I had one of the medicines they gave me. They did not tell me that it was going to make my urine bright red. Oh, yeah. And like, so I used the bathroom afterwards and I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, ta- I was like, get a nurse. There's yeah. something wrong. And she was like, oh, no, honey, that's normal. And I was like probably should have cued me into like, Hey, by the way, Oh my gosh, (laughs) your pee colors and the smells are like, you feel like you're radioactive. You kind of are. Did you get a PET scan where you had to like get the radioactive? Yes. Oh, terrible. Yes. I had to do that as well. Um, that was one of my first clues of like, Oh, I need to be aware of who's doing my IV and placement Mm -hmm. because they put it like in my arm. And I got to explain this later, but depending on the person, you know, everybody's got like different vein structures and Mm -hmm. like, but you have like little like vents. What are the words for that? Medical people are going to be like screaming at me. I know. I don't know it either, but I know what you're talking about. Well, 
certain parts in your arm like have that or whatever and so anyway they like stabbed it in there and I had pain the entire 30 minutes that yep. I was in the samurai machine and your my arms your were, arms are above your, above your head, head your, your shoulders down. start to like really start to like cramp up and everything you like don't move it's completely 30 to 45 minutes horrible <laughs> Um, I would say my worst experience though with like getting an IV was so yeah I was saying this earlier so I was six months into all my treatments I did four rounds of the kind that make you super sick then I did Mm -hmm. 12 rounds so then I had to do a once a week for 12 weeks sort of a thing Um, and at the end of all that they're like okay we're gonna do your lumpectomy okay I go into have the surgery and of course I'm, you know, you're very like nervous and anxious mm-hmm. about this stuff, but I already know about myself that I can't take any sort of mood altering pills. Like I cannot do Xanax. I cannot yep. do Vicodin. I cannot do these things because then I can't rationalize and I can't think straight and it actually makes me worse. It makes me more anxious. <laughs> makes me worse. So I'm completely like sober, completely like all of this stuff. And, um, I had known from my experience where I wanted IVs to be. Mm-hmm. And I actually have really easy to see veins and I don't have any, you should not have a trouble putting an IV. It should not be, you should be able to do it. So anyway, I had, um, I like knew where I wanted my IV. She was trying to argue with me. She was trying to like put it in my wrist Mm. and I keep telling her, no, I'm not letting you No, 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 no. I just kept like arguing with her, arguing with her, arguing with her to the point to where she had to like go and get someone else. And she kept pressuring me and I kept like arguing and I wouldn't let her do it. And they ended up not doing it because I was like, I'm not letting you like, you're not doing it. Uh, and then like this, this anesthesiologist comes in and he's like telling me how he's like going to set up my, like a block, like type of a thing. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm having a lumpectomy, not a mastectomy. So I don't need this block that you're talking about. He was totally confused. Yeah. So if I hadn't have been like on the ball, I'm like getting an IV and the you worst possible ended up with some weird, <laughs> like, block, like, like <laughs> I finally told everyone, I was like, I need my surgeon to come in here and talk to me face to face before you put me under. So yep. she came in and she was totally like, she calmed all my nerves. She's like, yes, we're doing the lumpectomy. I have it all figured out. I know what I'm doing. And I was like, okay, thank God. Cause none of these other people know what they're doing. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, they need to like figure, realize that you just need to like, you need to be talked through some things and they don't think about that. Even now, like they don't, when yeah. I had my surgery on my nose, they still weren't like, they were like just sending people in and I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah. Like, I know what I'm getting, but like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Can someone just talk me through it? Please? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The, the medical community is not great. And you know, there's probably good reason for it. It's probably because for a lot of times, like they would rather you not know. And for a lot of people, it just confuses them or upsets them more. But like for people like you and me, I, it's, I, I need to know. And plus I need to feel like you need to feel comfortable, especially right. if you're like being put under. And that's like one of my, for Dimitri, it's easy. He's like, I love it. It's a nap. And I'm like, no, I get anxiety. I'm like, am I going to wake up? What yeah. am I going to do when I wake up? How am I going to fall asleep? And like, yeah, yeah. I don't have very great reactions to those types of drugs right. either. So oh, I, terrible. I always get nauseous and it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. So you had to go through your treatments for like two years then. So, so you go through like bouts, right? It's right. like chemo. So I did then chemo and then I did radiation yeah. and then I had a little time off and then I got another PET scan and they were like, oh, it's gone. And, and then, then it so, came back. And then six months, they were like, we'll check in three months. And they're like, well, we think it may have come back. And then, mm-hmm. you know, from there, it's like another three months before you get all your test results mm-hmm. and you get like, and then you have to do the whole like biopsy thing again. And it's like just two years long by the time it's over. And it's like, it yeah. was, I think the word biopsy <clears throat> makes me anxious. Yeah. Um, for me to get a biopsy, it was just, it's an absolutely horrible experience. Oh, like so one, two, I had two. <laughs> One, they went through the front of my, because it might. And you're awake for it. Well, the first one I was, (laughs) I had a CT guided biopsy because it was literally the tumor was in my chest. Oh, okay. And it was like compressing my lung, my right lung. Mm -hmm. And like, so they like went through and I was awake for that one. And then the second time they actually had to do, it's called a VATS procedure. And they went through my side and I got to be asleep, but they were like, Hey, by the way, sign this paper because if something happens, cause it's right next to your heart, you're going to wake up with like a nine inch scar. And I was like, well, what? what? <laughs> Good night. Yeah. <laughs> See you in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, for, for my biopsy. So I had breast cancer and so my tumor is in my right breast mm-hmm. and you're awake for it, but the procedure to extract the tissue is super violent. Yeah. So they like cut a little hole in you and then they put this giant the tube in there and a needle. Yes. And you're just like, they do. And then and they're literally, I was bruised from like mm-hmm. my entire chest from that procedure like alone and I was traumatized the entire time it was happening even though I couldn't feel it every second you just you think you're gonna feel it yeah so you're like freaking out like the whole time and the first like my nurse the nurse was like just don't look down just keep your head to the side and look at me and I'm like <laughs> I can see peripherally like what's happening <laughs> yeah I know that's kind of the same with me right like I wasn't laying completely flat right. but um yeah so you like you can't you're just like trying to be like this you're just trying not to look and you're just like, mm. at the same time you see out of the corner of your eye, everything that's happening and you're just, yeah. I had a similar experience when they, they like test your lymph nodes. Um, or did you have to like have your lymph nodes tested? Well, mine were in fact, that's what my, so my lymph nodes were actually carrying okay. cancer. So. so for breast cancer, that's, they kind of like go in steps. So mm-hmm. like then they check your lymph nodes because that's the way they know if it's like spread or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that, you go into like ultrasound guided to like yep. find your lymph nodes and then they have like the needles and they're like doing all the thing. Um, that also took forever. It actually was super painful because they could never, I don't really know why I couldn't like get enough lidocaine to like not feel like the pokes and stuff. So I never had that, but I did get a bone marrow biopsy. Oh, that sounds way worse. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when they like, they basically like they numb you as much as you can on your, and you're laying on your stomach and they just bore right into both hips Yeah, and they just take like, and they're like, you're going to feel it. <laughs> why can't they put you to sleep for that? I don't know. And like, I don't even why know. Why do if, you like, have to feel that? I don't. I think it's just because it's such a quick procedure. But like at the same time, like you're literally drilling into my hip bones. I mean, can they not? I they don't know. Medical people out. tell me. But why? Why do we have to go through pain like that? Because it it makes your experience so traumatizing. Right. You know? And just like, I just don't think it needs to be. You're already traumatized from like getting this diagnosis, knowing that you have this long road ahead of you, knowing that you have to like go through all this stuff. And it's just like, I don't know. I just think some of it could probably be made easier on people. I agree. Um, how old were you when you were doing this? So when I got diagnosed, I was 19. Oh, so you were super young. I was super young. Yeah. So 19. Um, so Hodgkin's disease, like normally younger is a normal. And they actually say it's like a 17 to, I think 17 to 21 was the age range they gave me. And Mm -hmm. then if you're going to get it, like it's either that age range or weirdly like an older person age range. Mm -hmm. Like I think it was like in the seventies to Mm eighties. And I was like, that's odd. Well, people that age, I mean, you have all kinds of things going wrong. So, so, but like this one cancer is like, you either get it then or you get it okay yeah so um yeah I was on the younger age range Mm -hmm. yeah well I mean I was 28 when I was diagnosed but I had actually had it um I remember my doctor like showing me like a graph of like the rate of growth of this tumor Mm -hmm. that I like started like six to eight years ago and so like I was like what I'm (laughs) almost positive I had it when I was 18 because like I had a lot of the symptoms do you have symptoms what symptoms Um, did you have what it's weird because these ones are very common but like I wasn't sleeping I had a cough and the cough was purely because I had a tumor pressing on my lung um but like I had like itching like my skin just itched and Mm -hmm. I would like itch to the point where I would like look like I was possibly on drugs because I was like like itching scratches into my skin um, night sweats, not being able to sleep. Like they were mm-hmm. all, the, all the symptoms were there. And just like, after looking, you're just like, Oh, you don't know. I mean, especially when you're younger too, like a lot of times you don't know things aren't like normal. Right. Like you just don't know what you don't know. Like basically. So then I had like, um, an enlarged lymph node in my groin, which they thought was a hernia. And I was like, I'm 18. Yeah. Like, well, how am I getting a hernia? But I was like doing the military stuff and yeah. we worked out a lot and they were like, well, it's probably just this. And yeah. they realized quickly that it wasn't, but then they were like, we don't know why it was infected. And yeah. Just Do you think being in the, in the military helped you get a diagnosis or not? I think it took longer. Oh, okay. Just because like with that, they did a CT scan of my my abdomen, my like my mid abdomen to my groin. And I didn't know at the time, but they had actually caught the bottom of the tumor in the top of the, and the that one, they never even said anything. Cause they were just like, not even looking. Yeah. And then, um, it actually took me passing out at what's called mustard. And it's like, like morning roll call basically. Yeah. So I literally just fell and hit the floor and it took like 
them being like, well, something's wrong. And I'm like, well, I've been like seeing saying so- that <laughs> I've been saying like, and I had this cough that just would not go away. And they kept giving me cough syrup. Yeah. And like the military's notorious for like, here's your ibuprofen and yeah. like, go about your way. So yeah. they finally did like a chest uh, x-ray and, and then that's when they yeah. like saw everything and then but it took a while okay um yeah I didn't like have any symptoms at all I just the way that I was laying in bed and the just the place my tumor was like underneath mm-hmm. and so just like the way I was laying in bed I actually felt it with my fingers oh, no. and my husband was laying next to me in bed and I was like you need to like feel this so he like felt it and then you like feel the other side because you know how sometimes you have like ribs and things and then you feel the other side and you're like oh okay I have that on both sides like I'm fine but like this was like nope this feels weird and my mom had just been diagnosed with breast cancer the year before so it was like freshly like in my mind because Mm. I would say without that experience I probably wouldn't have like thought of that at first because I was 28 you know so it's just like and I know they like they're like make sure you do your breast exams and you're like oh whatever I just never like (laughs) like think of that sort of stuff when you're young and then it's and it obviously when I went to my my doctor um when I first went to just my regular like OBGYN because um well I started there with him anyways because my mom worked for him for Mm -hmm. a long time so he's just like a logical step of like hey can you check out this lump or whatever so I like go to him and he's like not even thinking like that he's like oh you know it's most likely a cyst like Mm -hmm. of your age and whatever but he couldn't like he couldn't get any like drainage and I know just like he he had been an OBGYN for a long time so I think he kind of like knew like okay you need to go get this checked out blah 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 so um I went and like went through all the processes of getting that checked out which I'm just glad I am the way that I am because you know I'm I'll I'll argue with you I'll straight up be like I'm not doing that or like you know whatever and because I had this one like nurse practitioner who um because of my age and the fact that I like wasn't on birth control, they were really worried about me like being pregnant. And so they wanted to like put off some of my testing and some, you know, like like the MRI testing or anything like, like imaging type stuff. They like wanted to like push it back and I didn't want to push it back. Right. It's my body. Let me choose. (laughs) I didn't want to push it back, but they didn't want to be liable for any sort of like pregnancy or whatever. And, um, I was, pretty sure that I wasn't pregnant just like given I had to work. do a pregnancy test every time I <laughs> yeah. went in for chemo and yeah. I'm like yeah I'm not even thinking about having any yeah. kind of intercourse right, right. now <laughs> yeah so so like for me just like based on my cycle and just like where I was at I just I was reasonably sure that I yeah. wasn't pregnant anyways and so I went back to like my original doctor and I was just like hey like they're like really not wanting they're like really wanting to make me wait on this stuff and he's like listen this is what he told me he's like even if you are pregnant, you can't, you can't wait. You can't carry this baby to term. You can't wait for this treatment. Like you have to like do this. And I'm like, okay, well, will you like help me like get this done? Mm -hmm. So I end up like skirting around this, this like original nurse person who will not schedule this thing for me. And I remember like being in there getting prepped for it. And she walks by and she opens the door. She's not even seeing me that day because it had nothing to do with her. Pokes her head in, makes a comment to me about how, oh, like I went ahead and like decided this MRI anyways, like against her wishes. And I was like, yep, absolutely. (laughs) If you're not going to help me, I'm going to help myself and I'm going to find someone who's going to do it for me. I mean, it turns out that I wasn't pregnant and I was reasonably sure that I was pregnant. but But for her to even like make that decision for you is like, you don't know me and you don't know my body. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and I'd already had a, a, a baby. So Isabel was two when I was going through all this like diagnosis stuff. So like, I already like, I know all about this stuff, but if I'd never had a baby before, I'd never been pregnant. Like maybe I wouldn't have been as sure, you know, about it, but it's like, pretty sure but just like the stuff that she tried to tell me about oh you could be pregnant and like oh this and that and like just tell and I'm like that's not true at any point anyone could be pregnant (laughs) you're right (laughs) well just like the stuff she was telling me when I was like no I was like going over my cycle with her and I was like I'm pretty sure like based on this stuff and then she would like tell me something that I just knew wasn't true Mm -hmm. and I was just like all right I I don't want to see you anymore thank you yeah like I mean just literally so you man you really have to like stick up for yourself you know on some of these yes you do even like like nowadays you still you need to advocate mm -hmm. for yourself so I feel bad for people who aren't either who aren't like that and who aren't like knowledgeable at all or don't have any sort of connection like I had that connection with my mom right like she had had breast cancer she'd been a nurse for a Mm -hmm. long time had worked specifically for like OBGYN like so it's just like she I had those like connections a little Mm -hmm. bit you know what I mean so 
But anyway, enough about all the cancer stuff. Uh, so anyway, you've been <laughs> cancer free then? Do you have like screenings? Do you ever get checkups? Like- I'm actually to the point where I don't have to get um, any of the long-term checkups. Like if I, I go to my doctor every year, I get my CBC done mm-hmm. and like my blood drawn. I don't have to actually go get like scans anymore. Yeah, I don't. um, So I'm technically supposed to get like mammograms, like based on my age. Yes, I'm supposed to get that too. (laughs) All that. But um, I, I'm just not really that into it. Um, Oh, I'm terrible about scheduling them. Yeah. And then I get lectured every year and it just, yeah. The last time I went to see my oncologist, he's just like, I don't know. He really instilled a confidence in me and he was just like, you don't need to like worry about this. Like I'm right. I was just like, okay, cool. I never want to see you again. (laughs) And the only thing like I now have to worry about is the after effects of radiation. Yeah. Which you probably know too. So, (laughs) I mean, I haven't experienced really any, I mean, other than just like, you know, destroys your tissues and things like that, Mm -hmm. that they don't really come back from like permanent scarring. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you have all like that sort of stuff, but, um, okay. So your timeline is you're in the military for six years. You joined when you were 18, but you didn't like you've only recently become like a police officer. Yes. And then obviously you're like still in California during all of this. So like, how did you get to Muscatine and how are you a cop? (laughs) I met Dimitri in San Diego. We were both in the same squadron. We were just friends. I was actually dating. It wasn't love at first sight. I was dating someone else. Oh no. (laughs) For like a long, I was like a long-term relationship. We like were living with each other and like, yeah, it was like me and Dimitri were just friends. And then, um, like towards the end of my relationship with my ex, like he was going on deployment and I was home and like things just kind of just fell apart. And Mm -hmm. then we ended up breaking up. And then I never looked at Dimitri as like a romantic partner (laughs) until like he made a move. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I do have feelings for this person that go beyond friendship. Yeah. So, um, he was very patient. He'll tell you. And waited until I didn't have a boyfriend. And then, yeah. like, we just kind of started seeing each other. And since we had that foundation of being, like, really, really good friends, I would have said he was my best friend at that point. That yeah. Our our relationship just kind of, I don't like know. Like, naturally it, went. Na- yeah. Yeah. So, it then that's cool. He's from here. And mm-hmm. I didn't really care to settle back down in California. But you'd he, been trying to get out all those years. And I'm all, I never got out. It was yeah. just like always there. <laughs> still here. Yeah. Um, so he was like, we came back here to visit and meet his family. And I will tell you right now, it was like the weirdest, oddest anomaly for July. It was like gorgeous out. It was <laughs> no humidity. Oh, no. <laughs> and like in the like high 70s, low 80s. He knew what he was doing. And like it was <laughs> beautiful and I was like this place is gorgeous and then we went back and we got married and then decided we were going to move here and my first week here there was a freaking blizzard oh no <laughs> like 12 inches of snow too late though you're <laughs> yeah. already I'm already in yeah <laughs> so <Dang it>. yeah <laughs> um so yeah I ended up here in 2011 and there was just yeah okay left. <laughs> so what what were you doing like for work um, when I first different? moved here, I didn't have a job. I went to MCC. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting a job at um, what everyone calls the old Holiday Inn. It was the Clarion Hotel. Oh, yeah. The old Holiday Inn. So I was a night auditor. So I worked overnight shift. does not exist anymore. It does not. <laughs> they tore that thing down. Yeah. Which probably for the best. Cause yeah. I was in there for a while and it was not good looking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then... I knew I wasn't going to be there for that long because I had my second kid when I was there and I was still only making like seven forty an hour. Ooh. Yeah. So I didn't even take like maternity leave because yeah. I was like, I can't afford to. Yeah. So I literally took like two weeks off and I was right back to work. Yeah. Um, but my friends had, they worked at the community bank and trust and they mm-hmm. were like, well, we're hiring. We could give you like a word and then more money, right? <laughs> more money. And they're like, well, they, you know, they hire from like word of mouth oh okay yeah so I ended up getting a job there and I worked there for gosh six years I think it was that where you working when like when you started here and when I would have like met you okay so I started I can't think of you as anything else than what you are now so it's like I I don't remember right so I started here in 2018 I think September of 2018 and I was on the fence so at the old gym you started yes did you and Dimitri start together no he took two years okay so you were started first yeah okay yeah yeah and then I had to like 
talk him into coming like, to this place. Like, yeah. it was like, then finally when I stopped, he was like, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> but yeah, so I was at the bank and I just was not happy. And I was like, I saw a posting for actually a dispatcher. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. You started doing that first. So it was yeah. 911 dispatcher. Okay. That's what I remember you doing. Like yep. basically doing that. Yeah. And I realized I was like, I'm an active, more active person. This is like, I like it. It's just I need more. You're sitting on phone calls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, which is great. It was very fulfilling. I uh-huh. love that job. Not everyone can do it. And the ones we have are fantastic. Um, I just needed that extra step. It does sound like a tough job. <laughs> it is. And they say only like 2% of the population can actually do it. So, yeah. it, and I, I agree with that. So like when, when you see any of those videos, like critiquing 911 operators and stuff like, like you that. You do it better. Yeah. You do right. It like, like it's actually, you sit there and do it. I, I can <laughs> imagine how difficult it is to do that. But anyways. So yeah, on. then I um, was actually applied at West Liberty and was um, mm-hmm. there and that's where I did all my like training. And then mm-hmm. um, after just short of a year I made the move into Muscatine. So then like but you and Dimitri kind of made the idea, or I don't know, did you have the idea? I feel like you guys did it like the same time, basically. Well, so he was working at the jail, mm-hmm. and he'd been there for nine years. Yeah. And like there was a bunch of stuff going on. He wasn't ha- I knew he wasn't happy, and mm-hmm. I had mentioned that um, I was going to apply for a Muscatine police officer yeah. position. And he was like, absolutely, you should do that. And then um, stuff happened. He ended up quitting the jail, mm-hmm. and we collectively made the decision that I would hold off because I had a good job and I was happy where I was at and he would apply Mm -hmm. because at that point in time they weren't hiring very many people and we didn't want to like get in each other's way and I knew that like it's fine I you you wanted to do this he wanted to do it years prior and he just was trying to fix things where he was at and just ended up doing it so then I waited an extra six months and went to Mm -hmm. West Liberty instead yeah yeah I remember all that so so it was just like you just saw it as a good opportunity for yourself mm-hmm. to like get into it and you just felt like that was sort of more your lane of like what yep. you wanted to do and stuff like that. So have you been enjoying it? I do. I, <laughs> I like see you it. driving around town. <laughs> I do. I enjoy it a lot. And yeah. it's not just like the arresting people. It's like the actual Oh, arresting like, people is fun. <laughs> it is. It can it can be. Um, and but like the like just the community contact also is mm-hmm. like it's fulfilling. You get mm-hmm. to like actually like make, help people too. <laughs> you can actually help people and make a difference and like it's yeah. nice. Yeah, so. for sure. Plus um you like the people that you work with and stuff like that. Yes. Seems like it. Maybe some not everyone. <laughs> I mean I work with my husband. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really enjoy actually I really enjoy yeah. working with them, which is not a lot of people because when we got hi- I got hired on, they were like, Are you sure you wanna work with your spouse? And we were both like, we actually like each other, so it's not an issue for us. It can be tough. I also work with my spouse. It can be And it has been, but it's a little bit different because we do run a business together. Yeah, we don't run the business. We just do the job. Yes. So there's there has been lots of arguing and hard feelings and a lot of years of like a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't even know how we've remain married all these years just or how we even hooked up to begin with just considering that we're both like firstborn like oh yeah I'm in control I'm the leader <laughs> of this club like yeah. yeah and so it did kind of sometimes like come to a head with things you mm-hmm. know and just um you know it's it's gotten better like over the years but oh yeah it's well, I would dread it sometimes, like, when the summer would come around and I would have to, like, work with him. Like, oh, I have to go like, work with him again. I'm like, why are you so horrible? <laughs> <laughs> he makes it so easy, though. But, like, he's just, like, everyone knows Dimitri. Yeah. He's just this super easy guy to get along with. Mm-hmm. And it's not a show. It's exactly who he is. Yeah. So it's just, like. Just a more laid-back person. And I always tell him, like, the only reason you're with me is because you like a challenge. Yeah. And he was like, that's not true. And I was I, just literally telling him that last night, too. And I'm just, like. Yeah. I'm just a challenge. I've told my husband that as well. And I've also turned it on the flip side. And I've been like, I'm the only one who will put up with you. So. <laughs> So you better start being nicer to me. Right. Be nice. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's weird how those like dynamics end up. And I don't know. It's it's weird. Like it's weird how you don't really have like control over that. You know, not at all. Yeah. I would not have in the world pictured that I would have been with like 
yeah someone as nice as he is because i know he's not like always like the nicest person but he is just the most genuine person yeah 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 like someone who's like nicer than you yes (laughs) way nicer yeah (laughs) yeah he's got way more like yeah patience than i do so let's tie it into um your experience here and like why you joined why you continue to like come here you've had a lot of like ups and downs too like first of all I wanted to tell one funny story you're sort of accident prone I am and I don't know if yeah you want to admit that or not I am but I saw you hurt your ankle the first time I remember that and you just looked at me like She's joking. (laughs) No. Did she just fall? Is she okay? Like, (laughs) no, I'm, I'm very selfish. And the workout was, it was supposed to be like unbroken kettlebell Mm -hmm. swings. So I'm like doing my kettlebell swings. I see you fall. I'm still doing my set. I ask you while I'm kettlebell swinging, are you okay? You say no. I had like two more reps. I was like two more reps and then I'll go check on her. (laughs) I just remember like, it was my last rep of the burpee over the kettlebell. And it like. Just, I must've been just tired enough where I didn't pick my foot up enough and I just caught my toe and then it like (laughs) landed and rolled my ankle Uh and it was raining outside. And I remember there was only a couple of us who had decided to run and I like just took a second and I like was like mortified that I fell (laughs) and I was sitting next to the garage door and I was like, don't cry, don't cry. (laughs) And I like kind of like scooted outside so that I could just like have a minute to myself. I felt bad because... You know, when someone falls down, you actually don't know how bad it is at right. first. Like sometimes you just get back up and you keep going. So I didn't know at so first. I knew like it hurt, but I like I got up and I remember I finished all four of those See, I rounds. I feel like you kept going. I yeah. ran you all just took four a little of those hiatus. rounds. And like I took a few minute break, which yeah. really like was kind of angered me because I knew it was for time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah. So then I ended up running all of them and I was like, okay, it can't be that bad. And then I ended up in a boot for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You sprained your ankle. Yeah. Really I like, felt so bad when you were actually <laughs> injured and not just like, oh, it was just like, it was a little like trip and fall or yeah. whatever. And I knew like the next day I was like, oh my gosh, my ankle is not getting any less swollen. <laughs> I cannot put that much pressure on it. It just was terrible. But like through your injuries and your ups and downs, you have, you still persevere. I still, I'm trying to make it in here as so, often as possible. like yeah. why? <laughs> I love it. It's just like, it's so fulfilling. Like mm-hmm. pushing myself to do things that like are hard mm-hmm. is like, okay, well I did that. Yeah. yeah. Look at me. I did. It. And it's like, I ever since like, so the second time so I. So it's not fitness. It's, it's just not. the challenge. It <laughs> is fitness though. Cause like for my job, you have to be really like an active person. You yeah. can't just be like, oh, I don't okay, but a lot of anything. police officers are not. Fit. I know, and that's like it drives me nuts because like you, there's there's active like even like sitting in your patrol car, you still need to be like a fit person because you're sitting. Yeah, like I'm an eight hour shift. I'm sitting probably six hours of that yeah, shift, which crazy. is like crazy hard. Yeah. But like you have to get up and you have to move it like like quickly. Yeah, you can't just be like slug slug slug. Well, yeah, because your brain has to be like functioning too. Yeah. Like yeah, for so, sure. So, but like the second time I when I hurt my ankle, <laughs> the other ankle, right? Yeah. No, it was the other one. Yeah. yeah. Now when I tore the ligament in, yeah. Um, I still came and I still did like upper body stuff. Yeah. But I had to like, I remember having to go back all the way. Like I was like, I have to go all the way back down to foundations here. I was like, mm-hmm. I was, I'm not going to back squat what I, and I was like, I mm-hmm. really, so I took it all the way back down and I like, focused on form and I had to build it back up and I had to like, and mm-hmm. I'm still not like exactly where I was at, but I can tell that the strength is better now than it was before yeah, too. Yeah. I feel like you've come a long way and you've recovered quite a bit, but in that case you actually, you were doing your mill or not. Military, I was doing the your, police academy. Yeah. Police yeah. academy training so, and you like stuffed in a hole or something. So they, like we were running in formation and we had to come into like a one line and there was, um, so the Cedar Rapids police like department is right next to their amphitheater, their mm-hmm. outdoor concert venue. Okay. And there was a concert going and their people were lined up early, like super early. Yeah. We we're still like running back from our training and the instructor made the decision we were going to run into the grass, which usually is not a terrible thing. <laughs> but like the first step I made into the grass was directly into, into a, a hole, hole. Right. that they had just kept mowing over. And you just like the grass was yeah, just like, tall, it looked like, like grass. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was like very bad. But I ended up being able to finish the academy and doing all that stuff. I just had to like make up some classes. And then yeah. it took me a while to run my final PT, which... Yeah. Cause, well, you have a I bum ankle. Yeah. I yeah. Run. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But okay. So just what draws you to come then is just, you like the challenge and you like the idea that you're obviously going to be more physically fit, just yep. doing the exercise. Cause and I was doing stuff at home. I yeah. Was I was going to say, like, why not like do stuff at home, go to the Y anytime. I was doing all that stuff. And I just was like, I had like no motivation to put my own workouts together anymore. And I was yeah. like, I knew this place existed. In How did you th- know? Did you know theory. people? I did not. Yeah. Cause you I don't know. Nobody. You're not from here. You don't know. I anybody. didn't know anyone who came here, but I like, I drove past it every day when oh, I went. Okay. And I was like, these crazy people are <laughs> always and it's running toward high V. Well, and it's not even like second Avenue. I worked at the community bank and trust when it was on park Avenue and mm. you guys were at the Harbor freight location. Mm-hmm. And I would sit at my teller and just be like watching you guys run diagonally oh, to yeah. the corner of, I'm sure you remember this. Yes. It was horrible. I hated <laughs> hated running terrible yeah and I just remember going like these people are absolutely insane <laughs> and then like as I like was tired of working out at home and doing these online workouts I was like why well, do you remember there's like this CrossFit thing yeah. in town and like I think I posted about it on Facebook it was like hey does anyone know about this and I think Kelsey mm-hmm. she was like oh yeah I love you gotta go there and then um it's funny because Kyle's mom, Sally, is friends with my friend, Chris, mm-hmm. who is like old. I met her. She was my um, English teacher mm-hmm. in college. Yeah. And she was like, my friend's son owns that place. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. And I think I sent an email. They you guys had like that form. And at the time, Kyle was making phone calls. And... Yeah. yeah. I didn't start doing any of that stuff until we were here. Yeah. So like anything at the old, any other yep. locations would have been solely like Kyle's I do thing. remember being, and I'm like, I'm not, I seem like I might be a, like extrovert, but I'm like the phone rang and I was like, I don't want to talk. <laughs> yeah. I hate talking on the phone. Like it was like nerve wracking. And then, so I came mm-hmm. to my first one and it was like, okay, I've done, I've done presses before. Mm-hmm. I, and then my, my first actual workout was fight gone bad. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> what have I done to myself? And then I just remember feeling like, wow, I feel like crap, but I'm going to go back. Yeah. That was hard, but I want to like get better at right. it. Right. And yeah. then I was like, the price range at that time was like, can I make this work? Cause I'm mm-hmm. still not. And then I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it work. And yeah. I haven't looked back. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of the thing to where like the price is kind of shocking at first if you're not a person who has ever paid that kind of a right. price for like a gym membership. Um, so a lot of times people are like put off by it. But I do I do Once think that people who figure it, it out like, yeah, like I like, don't even notice it coming out anymore. Like, yeah. honestly, it's just part of that, like mm-hmm. the bill part that comes out. And then you're just like, oh, here's my leftover. But yeah. At first it was kind of like, uh, it's part of your necessities right. after you've like, yeah. <laughs> after you kind of get used to it. Yep. But, um, but yeah, it's, I'm glad that you joined up. I'm like, glad I finally talked Dimitri into joining yeah. up. So he must not have joined till he came here then. So, if yeah. It was like two so years. Actually he, um, thought about, I ran my first Murph mm-hmm. when we were here mm-hmm. and he came and then he was like, actually this looks like something mm-hmm. I might want to do. And he yeah. was like, that's when he signed up. And then it was funny. Cause like he signed up and then like a few months later we were in COVID. Oh yeah. 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 That, that happened to quite a few people actually. And I'm really bad at like remembering the timelines because I've been here for so long that they all, a lot of the years like just meld together for mm-hmm. me. And so I'll get someone on the podcast and they'll be like, yeah, I started like, like Brady. I didn't know that he started right before COVID yeah. also. No idea about that. There were so many people when I came back that I was like, wow, I've never met you, but we've been gone for six months. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, um, I, that definitely kind of hit me a little bit different when I found out that there were some people who like literally started like right before like all of that. Well, I always feel like I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm pretty new. And then I'm like, wait, it's been five years yeah, since yeah. I joined. And I'm like, yeah. wow. Stacy was another one. She didn't join right before, but she was one of those that joined like kind of right after. Yeah. Because COVID did kind of, I think it's kind of weird when humans have this mentality of like, all the gyms are open. All the world is fine, but I'm never going to go there. Right. Now that the gyms are closed. Oh, I was just going to start the gym and now they're closed. You know like, what I mean? Wow. Of Way course. to put a wrench in my plan. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like a lot of those people when the gyms reopened, it like ignited their yeah. like 
you know, well, I think people being home and just not having anything to do. Yeah. And they were like, wow, I need to either change. And I like yeah. how like some people, they took it to like, I'm going to work out at home. And we did that like home workout. Yeah. And I remember like, those are some of the toughest workouts. Oh my God, yes. And not only just because they were like mentally tough, but like you had to push yourself into doing it mm-hmm. every day. And you were by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and like these workouts sometimes like, I know if I'm going to have to work out after class or before class, I'm like, this workout is not going to be my best because this is one that I need people around me. Yeah. And you're just like not pushing yourself Uh as hard. And those were just some of the most draining workouts. For sure. Well, and you're also working out in some weird spot. You're either like in front of your couch or you're in like (laughs) your garage or like a corner of your basement that's we dark. We went to that <laughs> high school track a lot and yeah. did them there. Um, but yeah, we would work out in our, like, we had, like, an extra living room that was not the best because the floor kind of bounced. Oh, yeah, like, the floor is, <laughs> I know, yeah, you're, like, doing burpees on carpet, and you're, like, I'm sweating into my carpet right yeah, now. Yeah, it was really bad, but, yeah, yeah I did everything pretty much in my garage or, like, my basement. and Our front um, yard, right, where everyone drove <laughs> by, past us. We got quite a few dirty like weird looks like what are these people doing yeah so I don't (laughs) yeah so I don't have that issue because I live out in the country now I do have people drive I do have people drive by my house like kind of on the highway Mm -hmm. but they're driving like 60 miles an hour past my house so sometimes I would maybe have the garage door open and sometimes I would maybe be Mm -hmm. doing stuff but um the actual L&M track had just gotten tore up so they had oh I remember that yeah yeah they had plans to resurface it anyway but when COVID hit they just started early yeah so they literally ripped it up like immediately. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of ours at the track. I never made track. it to the Muscatine track. I did go to the Columbus Junction track once me and me and Henry or a couple of times mm-hmm. to like do some workouts over there. But, um, you know, that's just, it's like a drive somewhere. You gotta yep. like drive somewhere to like go and do it. So well, it was like nice. Cause you like got out of your house though. And it was like, oh, yeah. So for what? anyone who lived in town, like the track was like a great resource, but for me, like I, there was no track like yeah. next to me because of course my school, that's only like six minutes from my house. So like they tore it up immediately. They were like, we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were supposed to start it after track season was over, but yeah. that's not how that went obviously. <laughs> so anyways, um, all right, cool. Well, I, th- think we hit a lot of points we actually got stuck in the weeds on that cancer stuff I know it was a while but I don't know people are interested in stuff like that especially I think people who didn't have the experience you know and um I'm actually kind of sad that we can like commiserate on the experience because like for real trauma and PTSD from that (laughs) it is it's huge I mean obviously we've overcome it it's been a lot of years now um it's kind of weird to think about how many years it actually has been yeah it's been a while yeah it's nice all like, the things you've endured like since that and I the don't kids know if, they told me I was never gonna yeah, have yeah there they are yeah <laughs> um I mean I had people like negative towards me about having kids like after because I had I only had one kid and then I had all the breast cancer stuff and then I had two more kids how could you do that to them oh people think it's like selfish and yeah. like people like can't believe that you would have kids after that and you know what's, what's weird especially with young women who have had breast cancer like the studies show that having pregnancies and like babies after that lessens your chances of recurrence yep. and things like that. Cause the body's very healing when you're pregnant. Um, it's crazy what the body can do. Yeah. So, so um, I don't know. Anyways, I, that's I, the reason I keep coming back here is yeah. what the body can do. But so. I think, I think having the experience, at least for me, like anytime I'm ever going through something kind of hard, I just always like think back to that experience. And it's just like, if you can do that, you can do thrusters a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so, thank you. <laughs> so it's sometimes I kind of feel a little bit lucky that I have some of those experiences that I can like fall back mm-hmm. on for like mental toughness and stuff like that. Um, you know, other people like they are obviously luckier than me because they didn't have to go through it, but it might be harder to like draw on. You have different, yeah. Yeah. M- mindsets and what you're drawing on is different. With yeah. What, what like and- experiences they would have had or like whatever. Yep. But anyway. All right. Well, good talking to you. We'll go ahead and um, wrap it up and get our workout in at noon. So we'll see you guys in the gym. <laughs>